The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. This is not a buy, sell or hold recommendation for any particular security. Welcome to 91's 2024 Investment Views. In this series of conversations, our investment professionals and portfolio managers will explore their views for the year ahead and assess the outlook for their asset classes and regions. It's never a dull time in emerging markets, and 2023 has been another year that's been super interesting. Emerging market corporate debt, often misunderstood by investors, continues to show its worth, even against a difficult backdrop. But such as the diversity and breadth, there are always exciting opportunities, as well as areas to be aware of. I'm Tom Peverdy, Investment Director for Fixed Income at 91, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Victoria Harling, Head of Emerging Market Corporate Debt. Vic is one of the most successful female portfolio managers in the city and has been a mainstay of the CityWire Alpha Female Report, now in its eighth year. Hi, Vic. Thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts with us. Hi, Tom. It's great to be here. So not to wish to start on the back foot, but I think it's fair to say the main question on credit investors' lips is definitely the implications of the higher rate environment that we've now entered and what that means for borrowing costs for issuers. Do you think this will weigh on credit fundamentals as we go into 2024? I think it's a great question. And I think um, there's probably two parts uh, to help answering this question. The first is that if we just take a step back and we look at the uh, the prior environment to uh, to the higher interest rate environment, um, in, in the sort of um, run up to COVID and post COVID, we saw EM corporates significantly strengthen their financial metrics. Um, that COVID period for a global manufactured product was very strong which allowed them to delever quite meaningfully and shore up their balance sheets. So now, you know, over the last 12 months or so, we've seen companies with significant headroom to absorb deteriorating economic environment. So going forward, actually, our companies look to be in, in pretty resilient health. And it's actually translated into a neutral outlook Uh, generically for ratings, um, as opposed to this very negative slew that we've seen in previous years. So overall, actually, even going forward in a higher for longer environment, EM companies look uh, to be able to navigate that path well. So that's the backdrop. And then if you look at the higher financing costs, one of the things that the last decade has provided for us is this amazing opportunity for companies to extend their maturities out to really shore up their financial position. So at lower uh, coupons. And so for them, their existing interest payments are actually very small as a proportion of cost. And even if there's some refinancings and we're seeing that move higher, it's at the margin and from a low base because we have low leverage. So in terms of a deteriorating environment, we don't really see that. We actually expect defaults to look lower than as they have through the cycle in the next year or so. That makes perfect sense, and it sounds quite positive for the majority of corporates. So given we've seen that wave of of earlier financing at lower rates, perhaps this leads into the next question quite nicely. Is that going to impact the 
expected issuance in the year ahead, or uh, and we've had a relatively suppressed year of issuance this year. Um, and how do you see that playing out? Do we see that lower uh, issuance continuing as a theme? I think, you know, one of the um, arguments that we've uh, made for many years about the um, sort of health and, and the um, opportunity of investing in EM corporates is the fact that a lot of these blue chips have multiple sources of financing available to them. So, of course, in the last decade, they've used low interest rate environment to uh, shore up their uh, profiles. But what we've actually seen uh, in the most recent um, environment is that a lot of onshore financing is available at highly competitive rates compared to offshore financing in the dollar debt space. And to be clear, what we're talking about with our strategy is dollar debt financing. So companies, particularly in the big economies like Brazil, India, Indonesia, China, Mexico, we've seen a lot more of those companies choosing to finance themselves domestically. And we've also seen companies choosing cheaper forms of secured financing for themselves, um, often in the private debt space. So ironically, private debt financing for these companies is cheaper than what they can achieve in, in the dollar debt space today. And thirdly, we've seen companies choose to use their cash. They often have a lot of cash on the balance sheet uh, and positive cash flows rather than paying dividends, paying back debt. So yes, we've seen a, a general reduction in issuance in the last two years. We expect that to continue in the next year. But there is a sense that com some companies have pushed out their financing expecting, not unreasonably in my opinion, for this higher interest rate environment to have peaked already and be coming down. So if we do enter an environment where indeed the Fed signaled that they're done and interest rates start to come down, we would expect issuance to pick up. But for now, we think that companies have managed their uh, liquidity profiles very well and we are expecting reduced issuance overall. Um, where we have seen issuance has actually been in the IG space. So again, the Asias of the world, uh, very high quality single A names um, and the GCC. And I think what's been fascinating looking at liquidity in the Middle East, for example, is how we're seeing more companies come and issue Islamic finance uh, and the development of that market, all in investment grade space. We expect that to continue in the future. I think in the high yield space where we haven't seen much issuance, the one place where we have seen more recently has been in Turkey. And having been priced out of the market for a couple of years to finally come back on a stronger footing and see the locals really support that bond issuance is testament to how companies generally avoid certain markets for some time and then finally come through when the time is right for them. Yep, that makes perfect sense. So if we combine a couple of those thoughts, then we've, we're seeing a backdrop of resilient fundamentals, probably a supportive technical given lower levels of issuance. But over the last 12 months, flows have still been negative at the asset class level, although perhaps not as bad as other parts of emerging market fixed income and equities for that matter. Do you expect the flow picture to improve in 2024? And, and what are you looking out for as the likely catalyst to see investors step back in in mass into the asset class? Yeah, I think um, quite clearly for all of fixed income, 
all of the flows have been dominated by the rate path of the US and the clarity that investors need to have the confidence to invest in fixed income and particularly in credit markets. And if we think about the catalysts that are going to draw investors back into credit generally, is going to be some clarity that we've peaked in rates and that the Fed have actually managed to engineer a relatively uh, gentle slowdown. We're not looking for a big retrenchment in, in the US economy. Um, EM credit, because it's a dollar credit market, is always going to behave as a dollar credit market. So is is it's unlikely we're going to be completely immune to whatever is happening in the US space. But I think if we can get some degree of clarity, confidence that we're at peak rates, um, that actually the economy globally is, is uh, relatively resilient, then I think flows will come back. That makes sense. It has been an interesting year, as we sort of mentioned at the top, but EM has actually performed well, EM corporate debt, that is, relative to developed market corporate debt. And that's a combination of, I think, the resilience of the asset class. It's slightly shorter duration for for uh, for comparable credit quality, of course, in the rising rate environment. That's That has helped. Do you see this pattern of uh, EM outperforming DM that we've seen in recent times persisting into the next year? So I think... Um you know, it it would be foolish to uh, do a 2024 uh, outlook rev- uh, and 23 review without mentioning geopolitics. Now, clearly, we've had a couple of years of, um, you know, very negative sort of um, uh, themes to play, be it Russia, Ukraine, be it US, China, and now more recently, the Middle East, which is, um, you know, unfolding. So I think from a perspective as EM credit, fundamentals doing well, it comes back to the companies that are actually resilient, that are buying back debt, providing that very positive technical, and how investors can get confidence that these big blue chips can survive through cycles. When it comes to the actual headline risk, investors are still pretty nervous. And to your previous question on what brings flows back, you know, I think at the minute we're in an environment where investors need a reason to invest. They actually are looking for excuses to not invest. So I think if we get a calming geopolitical environment, it's very positive for EM credit, particularly when you see some of the stimulus that's now happening uh, around China. Um, If they can get their economy back on track, it's it's pretty positive for the rest of EMs. Equally, as we've seen oil prices spike, that's very positive for the EM producers. So there's some thematics that will come out to do with growth, but ultimately, um, you know, the the reality of whether EM outperforms DM will be done based on a geopolitical outlook. Makes sense. So I started with a slightly negative question. So I think it's only fair that I finish with a nice positive question. What's really getting you excited about your market in 2024? And you've touched on some of the bigger themes. So maybe come down one level. Are there any particular countries, sectors, industries that are really getting you excited as we move move into 2024? So I'm going to push back and give you um, uh, more of a higher level answer to begin with. Um, first of all, higher for longer. Yeah. It terrifies everybody, but the compounding effect of your returns when you can reinvest your coupons at high yields is so compelling through time. So for me, you know, as an investor, 
Yes, it's nice if the asset class rallies and you have real capital uh, appreciation um, very quickly. But ultimately, what real investors want is they want income. And so the starting point of 2024 is exciting. Then you take a step back and you look at EM and you actually see what is happening. And so when you look at China, we've got the fiscal stimulus to try and now get the economy back on track, which is really positive for a lot of Latin America. But when you actually look at what has been happening around BRICS, around this collection and widening of countries that are starting to come together cooperatively. We see a lot of synergies between the Middle East, Brazil, China, the growth strategy of Saudi Arabia, of the UAE, how they're really investing across the world. But also it's about transition and climate transition, transition finance, and all the new industries that these governments are actually thinking is going to be the catalyst for growth for the next decade. And actually, those industries themselves wean these countries off dollars, the need for energy in dollars. And so actually, what excites me is thinking about EMs collectively. When I look at the US on a more negative tone, I think about their fiscal deficit, And I look at EMs and I think, good balance sheets. So for me, it's all about the revival of good balance sheet, bad balance sheet, of the cooperation across EMs, of how our companies are helping each other, are growing, and what that means for a general sentiment for investors wanting to re-engage in the world that, uh, you know, is basically uh, the world of EM. That's perfect. That's a great way to finish and a great way to summarise. I think we, we have an interesting and exciting year to look forward to. Thanks for your time, Vic. Thank you very much. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views of the podcast are those of contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider.